What's up growers, stoners, smokers, and cannabis connoisseurs? We're back with another weekly Wednesday podcast brought to you by Homegrown Cannabis Co. I'm your host Chronic from At The Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to Homegrown Cannabis Co. for giving me this opportunity to blab to you all every Wednesday about random stuff I decide to talk about. Which leads me into this topic, Ruderalis and all about them. A few episodes ago, I made a podcast on autoflowers, and re-listening, I made a few statements quickly without thinking about rounding them off. I realize now they confused a lot of people, and I want to first say my apologies if I caused any confusion. I generally try to keep these podcasts within 10 to 15 minute lengths, and occasionally I mess up and say some snippets of information that need a lot more information to be understood. That's my brain already having that information, and assuming you do as well. So you'll have to forgive me from time to time, I'm not a robot. For those listening, I'm going to give a short backstory of who I am, where my knowledge comes from, and why this podcast is really just my thoughts on a week-to-week basis as I personally learn and grow in this community. My name is Derek LaRose. I'm a sponsored cannabis cultivator for personal consumption in Colorado. I've only been growing for six months, however I've spent about eight years researching cannabis heavily as well as being a moderator on multiple forums like Grass City over the years. I've been fortunate to meet growers and gain knowledge from their experiences as well as gain a mentor to help me. I want to express this very important thing. I do not know everything there is about growing. I know what I know and I also share some biased thoughts or theories. I want to express this heavily so you listening understand that if you differ from any opinion I have and you have science or experience to back it up, please show me through Instagram or Facebook and let's have a discussion. That's actually what really led to me making this episode a little longer. I had a very amazing conversation with an autoflower grower and I realized my comment on colloidal silver last episode was very, very confusing. So let's dive in there. Colloidal silver does not create autoflowers. However, what I meant from that is that I personally understand from the bigger autoflower breeders is that I know colloidal silver is key ingredient within the process of feminizing and stabilizing your autoflower genetics. Colloidal silver works by being made of particles that are extremely, extremely tiny. This is so that they can pass through plant cells. Once the colloidal silver is on or within the plant, there are copper molecules that are existing that they bond to. Ethylene is produced from this copper molecule within the normal female plants. That's what tells them to make female bud, otherwise known as calyxes or pistils. When the colloidal silver bonds with the copper molecules, Ethylene production is forced to stop and the plant makes male pollen sacs, however the plant does still create female flowers. So after doing a ton of research for this episode and really having a wonderful chat on Instagram, I realized feminized is kind of a bad term. I used to think that something was done to the seed to make it female and I realized it's a little more in depth than that and that's really not the case. So from colloidal silver reversed plant, all your pollen you collect should be exactly the same, however, There is no chance of it carrying a Y chromosome because it was created by a female plant. Female plants have double X chromosomes. Therefore, when you use this female plant that is all X chromosome on a female flower, it forms a double X chromosome offspring, otherwise known as a female. Same concept goes for if you were to use hermaphrodited pollen from a female that made male sex out of stress. The only difference is within the genetics you may increase the likelihood of the hermaphrodite trait if you use stress-induced female pollen instead of using colloidal silver to produce pollen sacs. So why is all of this colloidal silver talk even remotely important to what ruderalis are? Well, ruderalis are cannabis plants like indica or sativa that grow in the northern hemispheres 
that become natural autoflowers, so to speak. You have many natural ruderalis as well as hybrids including Canadian ruderalis, Auto Wonder, Boreal Cloud, Chaburkle, China ruderalis, Crimea, Finola, Foxtail ruderalis, Green Rasta, Guangdong, Hungary ruderalis, Indica giganticus, Compulti, Kurgan, Metaleaf Dawnbase, Mexico ruderalis, Mighty Mite Indica, Russia ruderalis, Russia Auto CBD, Tajikistan ruderalis, Triple Cheese Auto, and Ukraine ruderalis. Now there are many more, but those are some to name a few. These are plants that learn to flower with little to no light or minimal dark times. So back to another previous comment I made on autoflowers about not needing darkness. Genetically, they don't is a sum up of what I said. So genetically, I don't think they do. The more I research on this, I realize supplementing in CO2 to your garden is way more beneficial than how long it takes an autoflower to enter the REM cycle to benefit from the Calvin cycle to bond the CO2. I dived into this yesterday as I had a great conversation with a grower who discussed the Calvin cycle with me in autoflowers and the ruderalis strains. I thought to myself, well maybe I am wrong. So I went on a search across some forums, Facebook pages, and articles on average PPM supplement numbers versus how much PPM comparison plants produce during their Calvin cycle. On average, the grower who uses CO2 as a supplement or implements it into the garden is around 1500 PPM. During a full 10 hour Calvin cycle for photo periods during flowering, they roughly reach right around 1000 to 1300 ppm, give or take to the chemical exchanges that are happening. Now if I'm wrong, please don't quote me here, I did hours of research, and these are the numbers that a few articles on average that were tested on other types of plants. I couldn't find much testing on ppm of CO2 in cannabis during Calvin cycles. So I believe that a photo period plant would produce roughly that amount of CO2 in that 10 hour Calvin cycle span. I say 10 hours as, on average, it takes 2 hours for a plant to get into its REM cycle where the Calvin cycle and bonding of CO2 happens. So for photo periods during the 18-6 times, they only get about 4 hours of Calvin cycle which supplementing CO2 would be beneficial. During the flowering phase, you don't necessarily need it, but my understanding is that whatever excess PPM your plant doesn't produce, your excess CO2 will be filling that gap so it's beneficial. For autoflowers, I noticed the average light cycle promoted to the grower is 20 hours on and 4 hours off. With Mephisto and Homegrown and several other breeders promoting 24 hours of light, I wondered why this was, and now it all starts to make sense. I don't think autoflowers benefit from the REM Calvin cycle enough to where you should forfeit growth time underneath the light. Instead, supplement CO2 to make up for that exchange and keep your girls growing. In a 65 day span at 4 hours of nighttime, it's roughly about 260 hours of light you're missing. Only for 2 hours of CO2 exchange per night, which would only be about roughly 100 to 300 ppm of CO2 if I had to make an educated guess, which an exhale bag or slow release canister would blow that away easily. So do autoflowers we currently grow from quality breeders need a nighttime? No. I think they benefit more from 24 hours of light and adding CO2 as a supplement into your grow. However, do ruderalis plants need nighttime? Yes. I think if you're breeding autoflower strains, they need a dark period as they aren't 100% genetically coded yet to not need it or use that sleep time. What I mean by that is after doing research so I could not sound like a jackass to you lovely listeners, I found out that it's about the 4th or 5th generation autoflower that we see on the markets today. So what I mean is if you were to cross ruderalis with a photo period, only about 25% of the autoflower recessive trait would transfer over to those offspring. You'd then have to breed the offspring with the original ruderalis three to four more times to make sure the autoflower gene is 100% dominant and not recessive. So where does colloidal silver and dark times come into play during this whole process? Well, dark times I don't think are needed once the autoflower is 100% 
as it's genetically coded to keep growing through minimal light or minimal dark times. Now from my research, asking several breeders about stabilizing and what they use for it, my understanding of colloidal silver was pretty close, but it definitely needed some rounding off. So thank you to those I spoke to and those who helped me learn. From my understanding, it's when you find your mother Ruderalis and you want to start creating feminized versions of your auto. You can either do it at the end once you bred the generations out, or you can do it from the start and get the double X chromosome trait pretty secure within the DNA. So if you'd rather do it at the end, then you just breed out your generations until you have your 100% offspring. You take a female 100% autoflower offspring and spray it with colloidal silver when it's in flower. This will produce male pollen sacs whilst having all X chromosome. So when it pollinates itself, when it pollinates itself, the seeds that come from the autoflower will be double X chromosome or female autoflowers. Now if you want to start from the beginning, it's kind of a much more confusing process in a sense that you end up breeding females to females from my understanding, or you take male pollen crossing with a female and you have to take the autoflower offspring and start the spraying process there. You just don't really worry too much about the male traits. I'm not too familiar with that method as I just saw it mentioned. Personally, I think using a female ruderalis with a strong autoflower genes and a male photo period with strong genes and collecting his pollen would be best to work with and doing the colloidal silver at the end to create your feminized offspring. So I want to apologize if any of you thought initially I meant colloidal silver creates autoflowers. It's used within the genetics to stabilize the female chromosome traits so you grow female autoflowers. So to recap, I think that true ruderalis benefit from some dark time in terms of breeding or pheno hunting. I think that if you're growing autoflower from breeders that are 100% and have been stabilized, it's a waste of time to give them dark hours. Unless you're breeding ruderalis, you should be giving your autoflowers 24 hours of light and implementing CO2 into your garden. That's my personal take on that. This takes care of two birds with one stone. If you want the CO2 exchange, it will happen over the 24 hour span at a larger amount with supplementing and you don't have to forfeit the 260 hours of growth time to get that exchange. If you're seeking on stabilizing Ruderalis, understand that breeding Ruderalis to Ruderalis is a much quicker to 100% autoflower than breeding Ruderalis to Indica or Sativa. I suggest for those seeking autoflower strains to seek out quality breeders. Homegrown Cannabis Co. truly has some of the most stable autoflowers I have ever seen or grown personally. Now having dived into lineages for all this research, it's actually pretty crazy how true Homegrown Cannabis Co.'s lineage really is. For those seeking to learn or grow or want to ask me questions about this podcast or any other episode, head over to www.homegrowncannabisco.community and sign up to our forum. We welcome any level of grower to a friendly environment where you can ask any and all questions without being bullied off our site. I hope this podcast was informative, as well as clearing up a few of my little hiccup statements from the last Autoflower episode. I am Chronic, just a guy in Colorado blabbing about the things I learn every single Wednesday on the Homegrown Podcast, brought to you by Homegrown Cannabis Co. every single week. I want to thank them so much for giving me this opportunity. Be sure to follow along on whichever platform you lovely people are listening from. And again, check out Homegrown Cannabis Co. Genetics. They are absolutely amazing. You can find them at www.homegrowncannabisco.com. They have autoflowers, regulars, feminized, all sorts of strains, so check them out. Be sure to follow me along on Instagram if you want to check out my grows at The Cannabis Chronicles. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Happy growing, stay lifted, and peace.